Hello and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate my poor posture. And my name is Kyle and today I hate closing shows. That is sad. That's very sad. I, I well, I should say I remember in college when I would do um, shows on the main stage, it was always very sad. Shows in the black box, like the small theater, were also sad. But we had to help with set strike in the small shows. And so <laughs> that was more annoying than it was sad. But I know you have to do all that stuff anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, but thankfully, like, we have a whole – like, we're off for Thanksgiving um, the whole week this week. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we don't have to do set strike until we come back from that, which is nice. Oh, so. uh, Is that better? I feel like it would almost be better to get it out of the way. No, because <laughs> we're <laughs> exhausted. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I um I uh took so we get Thanksgiving Day off and the day after Thanksgiving off, which is Thursday Friday this year. And I also took a PTO day for Wednesday, so I only have a two day work week and then a five day weekend. Yeah, That's pretty excited about that. And as much as I love my wife, she uh. She works a half day on Thursday and a half day on Friday. So I get a lot of like solo Shay time, which will be good. Hey, I got some, uh, got a turn, lot of video games. Why don't you turn that solo Shay time into some duo bro time <laughs> and we'll play some Fallout 76? Yeah, like how uh, yesterday, you know, when I was texted you and I was like, hey, do you want to play some Fallout? And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I can only play for another half hour. And so I went and found you and you, like, ignored me. And then I eventually just left and you continued to play for, like, six more hours. Like, what? that kind of co-op, you mean? Because that's what happened <laughs> what? yesterday. You found me and I finished doing what I was doing, which, actually, I'm glad you found me so I could have texted you about it and you told me about a shortcut because I was mm-hmm. scrapping items. and Right. You were like, hey, why don't you just hit, like, the scrap all button? And I was like, oh, shit, there's a scrap <laughs> all button. Because it was yeah. taking me so long. Of course. So, but as so soon tedious. as I finished that, I logged off because I had to, like, shower and get to the school for the show. I didn't play oh. for six more hours. It showed you still online. Oh. That's really weird. It That's even, well, Fallout 76. I, <laughs> I didn't check. I didn't check after, like, an hour. But for a while after we kind of went our separate ways, your dot was still on the map. Weird. I just like I figured you were doing something else, and so I and we were texting and stuff, but I didn't. I was trying to do my own quests, no. and I guess I didn't check because I played for another couple hours, and I didn't check after that. So maybe eventually it showed you as not being online. I had given up. I thought well before then that um, you were just avoiding me. <laughs> I was not <laughs> avoiding you. I, I was. I think we were online for like together a total of like eight or nine minutes. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you say. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> You're just too cool to play Fallout. Yeah, that's me. Too cool. So, um, I mean, we're already talking about video games, so we might as well keep talking about video games. Because there's another funny bit, because um, obviously we've both been playing a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2. And um, I don't know if it was before I had started playing or, or after, but anyway, you were texting me one night about a ho- your horse. Yes. You had, do you want to tell that story real quick? All right, so the first horse I ever got, I named it Trix, and it has been my horse the entire time I've been playing, which is, like, almost 20 hours now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, like, the maximum relationship, whatever, bond with the horse. And Trix, Trix is my dog. She's a, she's Wait, a cool... You, well, she's, she's a, a horse, horse but right. D-A-W-G. Okay, sure. Not W, W. 
G. Right. <laughs> um, she's my dog. And so, like, I'm a, I, the version of Arthur I'm playing is very attached to his horse. Like, when it comes mm-hmm. to combat, he jumps off and he slaps her in the ass so she'll run away and won't get hurt and then mm-hmm. calls her back after the fight. Like, he does not risk his horse. So what happened is I was riding along the road and I hit a tree or something, so my health was low, and I had to get back on the horse and keep riding. And, like, right after that happened, I got ambushed by a bunch of Lemoyne Raiders, and they just fucked my shit up, and I mm-hmm. died. And then the way dying works in Red Dead is it's like a Pokemon system where you white out and you lose a little bit of money and you respawn. Um, except if in, it's like if in Pokemon and your Pokemon had fainted, mm-hmm. they were just dead forever. <laughs> Red Dead is like that because yeah. apparently they killed my horse and I died and I came back and for a little while I didn't realize that I had a different horse now. Um I thought I had just grabbed like some other dude's horse um, right. because I was at his house. And um so I played for like another hour, hour and a half and then I was like where's tricks? Like I can't find her on the map. It's saying this is my horse. That's mm-hmm. not fucking true. This isn't tricks. <laughs> this ain't my horse, man. Um, and then I realized what happened. And I also realized I'd been playing for four and a half hours that day and never manually saved. So I had to delete the autosave, and now I lost four and a half hours of progress. And now I don't know if I'm going to play that game again. Uh, I... Like, what a fucked up, stupid-ass system. Like, if you're yes. allowed to revive, why the fuck yes. can't your horse revive? And I know you can. it's easy to find another horse, and it wasn't, like, the legendary whatever. Fucking jack off, But it's buddy. still, like, like we talked about last it's episode. It's my horse. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's an immersive simulator kind of game where yeah. you, are, you are the character living in these circumstances. And so that's impactful to, like, have your horse who you have this bond with as a player and as a character to have that taken away from you is super shitty. Yeah. Especially because, like, because you can argue me, hey, it happened, so therefore you should have to pay the consequences. But the other systems in the game aren't built around that. Right. You don't lose any of your other stuff. That seems poorly designed. And I Like a lot of that game. Poorly yes, designed. Exactly. That I so good I'm on paper, only, poor in execution. I am only in chapter two, so I'm still very early. I've played for a couple hours because I really took my time in that first section. And granted, that first section is fairly long. I mean, it's like three or four hours to get through that first chapter where you're just holding forward on your horse for eighty percent of it, which might tell you a little bit of where I'm feeling on Red Dead right now. But <laughs> I just I don't fucking get. How they can spend so much damn time and money and have so many people working on this game and put out a product that is so bewildering and have so many, to me, obvious flaws in design and UI. Like, I don't get it. And and maybe it's because they worked on it for so long and had so much money and so many people that it was like everything in the kitchen sink yeah, type of creep. game design. And so it's just it's I think the characters are very interesting. I'm still learning a lot about different ones, but I really like uh uh Arthur and I like Dutch and I'm forgetting a couple of other characters because it's been like a week since I touched it. I I played it all in one session and I haven't gone back, which is 
whole other problem that I'm going to have. And I, like the dialogue is really well done. I think the pacing is too slow in that beginning. Like yeah. a lot of that where you're just riding on your horse or riding on your cart and they're talking. All that conversation is awesome. But I'm like, it. I feel like I'm holding forward while I'm watching a movie. I'm not doing anything. Right. And so that part of it, the pacing felt bad. But the section where you hunt for the first time, the like train robbing section that big yeah, first there are mission. a lot of really all strong of that, sequences yeah all of that is fucking awesome and i look forward to doing more of that now that i'm kind of out in the world yeah there's but way now, more to do now that you now that it's opened up for you it's totally it's significantly less of that hold forward nonsense yes but my problem is and i've talked about this a lot a, a, a lot just when it comes to open world games I tend to get that like analysis paralysis where there are too many things to do. And so I just wander around and don't do anything. And so when I go back to it, I'm going to try to stick a little bit more to the critical path just so I can really get a better vibe for the game. Because part of what I'm struggling with right now is I'm just overwhelmed with, I'm, I'm just, I'm confused. I don't know what the icons mean. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to talk to. There's no UI guiding me for that. The UI pops up all over the screen for different things. And so I'm missing tool tips. I'm missing conversation starter things. Like there are some stuff that pops up in the top center or in the top or in the bottom center or the top left or the bottom right. Like I don't know where to look for help. When I'm playing this game, the map is too fucking small and you can make it bigger, but it's not the actual size of the map. It's the scale of the map, because even when you have it as as the big one, it's still so zoomed out that all the icons are fucking tiny as shit. And so I can't tell what they're saying. I don't know what a shop is. I don't know what a bar is. I don't know what the people's names are because they just have an initial over the person's name. Like, I'm just, I, I have no idea what to do in this game. And the game is actively not helping me figure out what to do. And it is very, very frustrating and turns me off because I look at all these other games sitting on my shelf that I want to play Spyro Assassin's Creed Guacamelee 2 and I'm like all those games I know I can jump in and have a good understanding of how I'm supposed to play them and this one I feel like it's the game is it's just like here's the world good fucking luck bitch like it feels like it's almost it won't like I mean to to personify the game it feels like it it like it is choosing not to help me like it wants (laughs) me to be frustrated which obviously is ridiculous but that's just how it feels and i know like all of my well the vast majority of my complaints thus far are very nitpicky ones but in a game like this i feel like those are the types of things that will kill this game for me are the nitpicky things because when you when you don't know how to interact with the game when you don't know how the game wants you to play it you like that's it like i can't i can't do anything i don't like there was a whole i I went to like the the little town right in chapter two where it tells you to go in and there were some interactions in the bar and like a bar fight and all that was really fun but then after that it was just like all right we'll see you back at the camp whenever you're ready and i was like oh okay like, I, I don't know, like, am I supposed to go back now? There's, all, you know, the white fuzziness where you're supposed to go discover. And there are a couple of yellow things that I could talk to and question marks that I can do. And I don't know what any of those things are. I just figure it out as I go. But then I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to the camp. Let me call my horse. Oh, I'm too far away to call my horse. And I'm like, so now what? I don't want to steal a horse. I'm playing like a good guy, Arthur. And so I had to run all the way back to my camp, which took like seven minutes of running. Like, I, 
and maybe I maybe I missed something. Maybe there was another way I or like I could meet up with them or I could take a cart. I, I don't know. Maybe there was another way for me to get back to the town. But the point is, the game didn't help me figure that out. It was just like, here you go. So wait, figure so it you, out. you rode into town and there was an event, and then you didn't have your horse anymore. No, because I rode into town on the cart, like on a oh. wagon, with the, with a couple other folks. Oh. Did you take your horse? Oh, into you the know town? what? I think. Wow. I think like I just intuitively when I hopped on the wagon, I was like. I whistled for my horse to follow me, and the horse followed me into town. Hmm. And I, I was just like, well, I kind of feel like maybe I'll need my horse. And so I whistled and had it follow the wagon. Did you keep whistling then? Like, No. Or does what, it just, it if just if keeps you're, following. like, riding another horse or on a cart and you whistle, your horse will just follow you. Okay. Like, it'll just keep following you until you, like, stop or tell it to stop or whatever. That would have been something that was good to know. Yeah. I, I, th- and so I re- think maybe that's what I did. And then I, I think I remember thinking, I think I remember thinking, like, it's a good thing I whistled to bring my horse right. back. Otherwise, I wouldn't have it. Yeah. yeah. So when I was running all the way back, um, as I was, like, on the road, I saw these two dudes on the side of the road that, like, looked a bit shady. And I was like, okay, let me see what's going on here. And one of them yelled out. He was like, hey, don't mess with the O'Donnells, which I knew at that point were, like, the bad guy gang. And I was like, all right, this shit's going to O'Driscoll's, thank you. So, yeah, I've played for a couple hours, all right? I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, so old I, O'Donnell I, like, had a farm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started approaching him, and uh, the one of the dudes, like, just bum... Like, before I could even draw my gun, one of the dudes bum rushes me. So I draw my gun. He knocks it out of my hand. Yeah. And so now I'm like, oh, fuck, because right. I don't have any other weapons. <laughs> you have to go and pick so, the gun up. <laughs> well, no, I, I punched him, and I knocked him down, and the other dude behind him is shooting at me. So instead of, like, going and trying to pick up my gun because I didn't remember what button I was supposed to press because everything has a different fucking button, I just drew my knife, and I bum rush him and stabbed him <laughs> in the fucking throat. And then I went to the other guy who was still on the ground and killed him so that look that was a really intense cool um immersive sort of combat thing yeah and so all of that is great like i want to do all of that the problem is the things that it actually wants you to do how it wants you to interact are all so overwhelming and confusing for me at this point yeah and I, i'm sure that as i play more i'll get more comfortable but in a game like this if it doesn't immediately grab me, that's when I'm going to fall off of it. And that's what's happened. Like, every time I sit down to play a game, I'm like, I don't want to play. I don't want to go back to Red Dead 2 because I know I'm going to be fucking confused. And so I made it back to the camp. I slept there that night. I didn't know how to save the game because you have to go into a separate menu to save. You have to go into, like, the story menu. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, all that's – it's just stupid. Like, why would you do that? Why would – and they don't explain it, too. If you're going to do that and make it more immersive, well, you go into the story to, to save your progress. Tell me that. Tell me that in a tooltip or in a pop-up thing. Why? Like, Don't let me fuddle around in your menus to yeah. figure out how to save the game. Plenty of Come games, on. when you bring up a menu for the first time, it has a guided tutorial that yes. brings you through the menu to show you where everything is. This game absolutely right. needs that. Yes. Because, um, like... Even if it was just a tooltip, it may have popped up in the tooltip at some point for you. Right. But it, it, it like tooltips are constantly popping up. Yes. And there's so much to remember that yes. of course you would miss something like that. And then you have and to I spend already know, like ten minutes digging through the menus. I already know I'm gonna forget all of the controls when I try to go back to it, and I'm gonna be fuddling around for the first hour. And and that's my own fault for waiting so long between my first and second session of the game. But like again, it's just where I am right now, I don't really wanna play more of it. 
I, I need to because I want to. I need to give it more time because you know everyone's so positive about it. I need to really see it. I need to put you know 10, 15 hours into it and to before I can say ah, it's not for me. But I just I don't want to. I don't want to go back and play more of it because I, I woke up in the camp and then I was like, now what? Like there was all these yellow icons where all the all the like camps people I can talk to that I assume will give me quests, but yeah. like I didn't know I wanted to. Um, I wanted to shower, like to bathe myself, and I couldn't find how to do that. So you can I like figured out go, how to shave myself. Yeah, so you can like go swim in a river uh, okay. to bathe yourself a little bit, or like you can find a saloon and like pay for a bath. Got it. Because there was a big tub of water. I know. In the camp. I figured but I, I could like interact with splash it. my face in it or something, and I couldn't yeah. figure out how to do it. Maybe you, it's just, maybe you can. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's, no that's another problem. Is like the movement is so terrible that oh, sometimes man. like lining up. To even be able to push the button to use or pick up yes. a thing is such yes. a big pain in the ass that, like, I don't know if I just can't use that water tub or if I'm just not in the right place to be able to use it. Right. It's a lot of that crap. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can't, well, I guess I can, but I was going to say I can't blame the game too much for the bad movement because plenty of games that I love, like the Uncharted series the walking movement in uncharted is also terrible it's that like floaty where he doesn't it's that momentum where even when you stop moving him he goes a little bit farther right. and that's just really unintuitive this is like that but i, I was like but uncharted doesn't require the kind of minute precision that this does in order to interact true. with things and uncharted doesn't have all the other minute problems right. that red dead has that you know they just all bundle up together to being kind of an off-putting first experience with the game so I don't know. It's it's frustrating, and I know I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but it's it's hard for me, and I totally understand the perspective of the stuff that this game is good at is so good that it overwhelms all of the small little annoyances. I just don't really see that many people talking about all this stuff. It just seems like they're totally glossing over it to just suck this game's dick, which I'm not surprised about because the hype was so insane for this game. I don't know. It just feels like there's unfair non-criticism happening around Red Dead 2 right now. Like, anyone that comes in and has problems with it, everyone else is like, oh, you're just a spoil sport. You're just trying to do it for attention. Oh, this game's amazing. You, you can't criticize it. That's the vibe I get from the internet, and that's frustrating. Because this game has legitimate problems. Legitimate yeah. design decisions that are poor. And that I don't think you can argue are not poor. All these tooltips popping up on the screen all over the place, that is not intuitive for the player. Dif like, the, the fact that you have to press a different button to pick up a gun or, a, or your hat or a different item off the ground, the fact that it's a different button for each one, that is a bad design decision. Period. There's no argument that that is good for the player. And I don't see people talking about that stuff enough because they're just lauding everything else about the game. And that's frustrating to me. Anyway, that's my Red Dead 2 rant. I've committed, because I have this five-day weekend this week, to trying to sink a bunch of time into this game and really give it a shot. So maybe I'll come out the other side after some more time and I'll feel more comfortable with the controls and I'll get used to all those little things I don't like. And maybe if I play some more story stuff, I'll, I'll be more invested. But at this point, I'm just like not... Like I would rather play any other game that I own right now. And that's annoying. That's it's sad because I wanna I wanna be super into Red Dead, and I'm just not at this point. Yeah. So do you think? I mean, do you think you're gonna go back to it? What's your plan? 
I'm sure at some point this week I will be bored enough to boot it back up and try and reaccomplish that four and a half hours in a much shorter yeah. time frame. Because um, if it lets you skip cutscenes and stuff, I'll skip cutscenes. Because I did a ton of t- story stuff. Went to okay. this new, like, giant, like, actual, like, urban city um, and, like, explored there for a while. Uh, I bought a whole new outfit and redid all my, like, my whole look. I did a bunch of work on my guns and I did all that stuff and I have to do all yeah. of that again and I just don't think I'm going to do any of that again. Like I'm just going to stick with the same shitty outfit that I've been having. I'm not going to bother buying a new one. It's just like I have more money than I know what to do with right now hmm. um, in the game. I mean, I have some bounties I could pay off, but that still leaves me with a shitload of money. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like thinking about redoing all of that is... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It sucks. There there should be a better autosave system in that game. It should not have one autosave file. Yeah, no no video game in 2018 should have a single autosave slot. It's fucking asinine. And any game that will let you save at any point should have an easier quick save on console. So yeah. many games have figured out how to do quick save. Yeah, like Fallout 4 has quick saves. Yes. Like that's that it's like a it's a double frustration. Because you only have one autosave, and it takes a long time to save. Like, that seems right. bad. That's bad. So, Red Dead Redemption 2. Hooray. I, I hate being that guy. I, I legitimately do. I hate being the person who is like, I don't like the thing that everyone else likes. Because I don't want to ruin... I don't want to potentially ruin people's enjoyment of a thing. And I certainly don't want people to come back and be like, you're just being negative for no reason. Well, no, like, I mean, if we're going to talk about things academically, you have to look at both sides of it. So yes, the fact that I see almost nobody looking at all of these glaringly obvious problems is a little frustrating for yes. as someone who wants to have an academic discussion. Now, like if, if like plenty of people are not up for that people, a lot of people just want that echo chamber. They want to go. I like this thing. Do you like this thing? Great. Yeah. Validated. <laughs> Right, and right. that's fine. I mean, it's not no, really. I don't think it's fine. <laughs> it's a terrible direction in which humanity is yes. moving, but there's not a whole lot that we can do about that steam train of progress um, or backwards progress. Uh, but, like, if someone wants to talk about the negative aspects or the positive aspects, let them do that. But I, I, I get that you don't want to, like, shit on people's parade. And I guess it's just, like... If, so all right. So if there's a game that you really like and you see a thread of people bashing on it, like ask them if they are up. Well, first ask yourself if you're up for an academic discussion of it, and then ask them if they are, and then you can mm-hmm. engage in a discussion. Don't just hop in there with your contradicting opinion just because you feel like you have to have your voice heard. Like right. if you're gonna contribute, contribute as a part of the conversation. Yes, uh, and that goes for everything, not just video games. And I don't want to not like something. Like, right. And that, that's maybe the most frustrating thing that, like, I, I know I can be certainly a hypercritical person. I, I know that about myself, and I certainly own that. The name of this podcast is the Shay Hates Everything Podcast. <laughs> but it annoys me when people come at me like I am looking for negative things about something. Like, I enjoy not liking something. And that's just a completely absurd statement to make like why like if you think i go into something wanting to not like it i'm wasting my time i don't want to waste my time with something i don't enjoy why would i do that that's ridiculous 
anything, any movie or show I watch, any game I play, any book or comic I read, I want to like it because I am watching it and reading it and playing it. Why would I want to waste my time with something bad? I do that sometimes. Like a game we're about to talk about. <laughs> I, I put a lot of time into something that I'm not enjoying because I feel like I need to finish it. But like I don't do it for the purpose of... Like, I, I don't get some sick pleasure out of disliking something that's, like, perverse. Certainly not at a level that I am, which is ridiculous. So, Red Dead Redemption 2. Apparently, it's a really good video game. We'll find out if I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't seen that yet. Well, all right. So, I, I will say the point where I'm at. Like, mm-hmm. just... I. If we're going to talk about the negative, we should also take a moment to talk about the positive, just real quick. Just like how amazing the writing is, just, yes, one hundred percent, so amazing, and the situations they put you in, and like so much of that game shines so brightly that it's just a goddamn shame that the rest of it's covered in shit, um, right? That's and it really hyperbole, is. but you know, what all I mean? all of my complaints are small, like little nitpicky design decision things. They're not the main focuses of the game, but they are the things in which you, are, you know, by which you interact with the game. And if those things fail, that's it, man. Th- those are the foundational things. You can write the best story yeah. ever made. Like, but it may as well gameplay, be a movie. Yeah. If the gameplay systems don't work, I'm not going to want to see that amazing story. And, you know, the the reverse is true, too. Right. I mean, I guess to a lesser extent that if the systems are really great, but the story is bad, I'm not going to enjoy that as much either. It needs to be a balance. But those are those foundational things that are kind of tearing this game down for me. And I right. like that. That's frustrating because I, I, I certainly want to see all of this amazing, all of these emergent stories that people tell on the Internet. I want to see all of that. But it's a chore trying to get to them at this point. <sighs> All right. So what 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 do you say? We already we already brought it up a little bit. So what do you say we talk a little bit more about Fallout seventy six, please? So one of the what I thought was a cool thing, and now and then thought it wasn't a cool thing, and now I'm not sure how I feel is that it carries over your progress from the beta. So I didn't know that was going to happen. I don't feel like that was part of the messaging. If it was, I missed it was. It. Yeah, was it okay? Well, then I, I missed that. So at the end of the beta. I like wanted to experiment with as much stuff as I could. So I like spent a lot of resources on upgrading my guns and I bought some things I wouldn't have normally bought just because I wanted to see stuff because I didn't think any of it would be saved. I thought it'd be starting over from scratch. So that I was like a little annoyed because I had wasted some resources, but it's not that big of a deal. Like I, I, mean, I don't you have could have started a new character. That's true. You're right. I could have. Um, yeah, that's true. That's fair. Um, I, I'm not like, rich with caps i i don't like i'm not really buying anything because i don't i have like 200 caps and a lot of stuff costs like 70 caps and so i'm not gonna do that but as far as resources go like i have plenty of resources mostly to build what i want to build the more annoying thing is that it saves progress for trophies from the beta to the regular game so when i first loaded it up i unlocked like four or five trophies but not all of them unlock and i thought it was a bug but i found an article online where it was intentional any story mode or any story mission trophies will not unlock from the beta. So that you get a trophy for leaving Vault 76 that I did not unlock now. And that is, again, like, why? That's so dumb. Why would yeah. you do that? 
So and, like, and, if and I, all you need to do is just start a character and play for a half hour, and you get it. But but yeah, still, but, again, but why? I don't want to do that. Why do? There, why there, are you going to make me do that? There must be some reason why it didn't work out that way. Does, so I don't care. I don't care about the reason. It's still bad. <laughs> Whether or not like, whether or not they chose to do that, or like it was just an effect of whatever design, and again, like this, it's a small thing, but as a person who cares about trophies, that's annoying. I don't want to have to start a new character. Right. It's not like I'm going to platinum this game probably anyway. There are a lot of trophies for like PvP and stuff that I really won't want to engage with, but it's just it's just an annoying little thing, and right. that's kind of where I'm coming from with Fallout 76 and. I apologize in advance because there's going to be a lot of negativity around video games. This podcast, because all three games that I'm talking about, I have significant problems with. This one, my general. So you and I are kind of on the same page with Red Dead, but I think we have opposed opinions on 76. So you go ahead. So yeah, so so like, and I don't want to over inundate with negativity on Fallout 76 because, in the broad sense, I'm still enjoying my time with it. Overall, though, the game just feels like lesser Fallout 4. And that was my fear going into the game. That was my fear after playing the beta. And that has kind of been confirmed after spending a couple more hours with it. It just, it, it, like, this is Fallout 4 in a new place, but it's like, it's less good Fallout 4. It's buggier. Enemies pop in all, like, literally, an enemy will spawn right behind me and shoot me. And, like, that's, that's a bad experience for the player. Like, the game hasn't crashed on me yet, but I have had like interactions fail or like I try to start a hollow tape and it doesn't play like little buggy things like that happen to me all the time. It's it, you know, it's a much bigger world, but there's less in it. So there's a lot of like, I'm just running through the woods and nothing is happening. I'm not seeing any enemies. There's nothing to discover the map. I really like the look, how they have, Made it like a color, more of a cool map with icons. I like yeah, all like of that. Like a theme parky type. Yeah, map. and it looks great. But yeah. then it's not you as layer, useful. One hundred percent, because you layer on the actual icons for where you could fast travel, and so I get lost looking right. at it. And so that's just that. That's a, a frustrating thing. It's just, I don't know. It the the combat's not as good because it's kind of. It's an online game, so it game, so it, it chugs a little bit. Right. Like enemies like will freeze. The servers when yeah. You shoot and, yeah. Yeah, and so and especially because fighting the scorned, the scorned, is that what they are? Scorned, scorched, scorched. Thank you. So they're like the human, quote unquote, human enemies that move around like a person. They have guns, melee weapons. Yeah, and they're really quick. Yeah, and they're fast, and so it's hard to track them with guns if you aren't using vats. Which again, I, I've started using vats a little bit more. I don't hate it I as much kinda, as I did in the beta. It's pretty fine. Actually. Yeah, but like it, it happens so fast that it doesn't it loses the strategic aspect of that right. from the actual games. Like being able to really hone in on getting the perfect shot that it's so fast now that it's like I'm not even checking the percentages. I use vats and I just hammer on my R2 until the vats is gone. Right. And so it's like again, it's little things that to me are worse than they were in Fallout 4 that makes me like underwhelmed with my experience so far. I want to dive more into the camp system. Be- again, the camp system is a lesser settlement system from Fallout 4, but because it's a bigger world, it's a more expansive game, I feel like I could maybe dive into that a little bit better, and I might get some more out of that. The whole survival game thing is more of a chore to me right now that I'm getting enjoyment out of, like 
having to go into my inventory and eat food and drink water. And I'm spending a lot more time in my inventory than I want to. So again, it's just, it's those little things, but I like, I still like reading all the notes and listening to the hollow tapes of which there are far more. And especially the hollow tapes, like there are long things in there and that yeah, I really and like, like the quality of them is better. Yeah, than It's very good. Like, it has been in previous entries. Like yeah. the, the direction of those, the voice acting, the writing, all of that stuff has been good so far. Yeah. So just like with Red Dead, all of the the most important things, the the world and the story and everything like that is great in Fallout 76, but those systems I am not enjoying. I hate the weapon wheel. It's so like I never get on the one that I want with my first flick of R3. It's um that, it's so if you use I think it's left on the D-pad, you can cycle between your current weapon and your previous weapon. If you just tap okay. left on the D-pad. Okay. So if you have two weapons that you use a lot, then you can use that. That's um, fair. Because I yeah. have used that, but not not for this. Pr- I've used it to, like, just draw my weapon. Okay. Um, yeah, if you hit like, it again, it cycles to the previous weapon you had equipped. Okay. That makes sense. That might yeah. help a little bit. Yeah, so, like, when I'm outside, I'm using, like, my bolt-action rifle for right. distance. And then when I'm inside, I have a pump-action shotgun. And so right. all I have to do is just tap left. And then if I want to bring out my pistol, I do that, but... Uh, with the wheel, but um, yeah, it's there, still I mean, it's still I, not the most elegant solution. I'm I'm having fun with some of the, not so much like jankiness, but like finding ways to cheese the system sort of stuff. Yeah. So like I got to Grafton, I think it is. Yes. Um, were you supposed to go and, talk to the mayor? Yes. The yeah, the mayor, which right. was a fun I, little I have not interaction there yet. There was a. Uh, Okay, we'll we'll talk about that later then because I don't want to spoil anything. But there there was a I I encountered a bug when I interacted with the mayor, so that was kind of frustrating. Oh, but okay. um, when I got there, there was like an event, like a little town event thing right. of hey, fight the Grafton monster. I was like, oh okay, let me check this out. And I'm by myself. I was like level eight, so I'm still low level. And I go and I see like the huge. He's like the big um, mammoth you know, ape looking thing, the white, big white thing with like no head. And I was going to go like, see if I could fight the guy and he's level 30. I was like, all right, fuck, I'm staying the hell away from this. <laughs> and there were a bunch of like uh, robots and stuff that were attacking me. And I took those out. And so I was going to try to sneak up on the monster and see if I could do anything. And I found an area where he couldn't get to me cause he's so big. And so like he would try to, he would go on one side and then like around to the other side and he would just path back and forth. And, like, try to throw some kind of, like, toxic thing at me. And so I just figured out his pattern. And I would, like, poke behind the wall, shoot at him, and then hide when he threw it. He would leave, go around the other side. I would do the same thing, just rinse and repeat. And it took me a long time. And I wasted a lot of bullets. But I killed the level 30 monster and got, like, a bunch of high-level uh, or, uh, like, lit, um, more, like, high-level crafting materials and stuff from him. So those kind of little things of, like, working your way around the systems in the game, trying to find ways to kind of cheat a little bit, that stuff is still really fun to do. I assume that gave you a lot of XP for killing him. Yeah, I didn't see. Because you're a higher level than me now, and I was higher level than you were. Right, right. Because I'm, like, level 7, or maybe I just turned 8, and you told me that you were, like, almost level 10. Yeah, I I hit level 10 yesterday before I logged off. Killing him probably, like, leveled you. Probably, yeah. So, I'm still having fun with the game. It's, like, those, I don't know. I I just, I would kind of rather be playing Fallout 4, to be honest. Which, I loved that game, so it's not a super fair comparison, but... 
I can't help but feel just like a little bit disappointed with this game so far. But we'll yeah, see I, just, I wish it. I wish the combat played like Fallout Four. Like I wish it yeah. felt even that good. But it just doesn't and, feel even that good. <laughs> what's tough too, because I and I know you do as well. I love the immersion in Fallout games. Yeah, I love exploring every nook and cranny and reading all the notes and listening to the hollow tapes. And we'll see how it goes. But like, I imagine when you and I are playing together, it's harder to interact with that stuff. Right. Because then you're just kind of like sitting around, like, oh wait, stop talking. I want to listen to this. That seems to fly in the face of a multiplayer co-op game, like that kind of experience. It just, I don't know, it seems like some of the some of the design things clash between the single-player experience and the multiplayer experience. Right. But we'll see. Yeah, um, I don't know. I am I am having a very good time with it. I just, there are certain aspects, like, I think the economy needs some tweaking because there are a lot of, like, plans for things that would really help me, like pocketed armor, the ability to create pocketed leather armor. Um, yep that's hidden behind a plan that you have to purchase from a vendor for like 240 caps. And like, mm. that's a shit ton of caps. It's like, that's all my caps. And right. I've been like collecting a bunch of stuff and selling it. And that's all my caps. <laughs> well, cause you right. get like nothing for selling stuff, right? Like for selling it, a gun, you get it's like because two there caps. are perk cards that increase, um, how much you get and how much, uh, there is one perk card that gives you more for selling and you buy for less. And it's one perk card. I think it's a charisma card that you can level up. Um, but, yeah, there's a card for that. I don't know how dramatic it is because it doesn't have, a, like, a percentage attached to okay. it on the card. But um, I assume that's – so, like, that's the thing about the perk cards is, like, in Fallout 4 and 3, um, I guess really any of the previous Fallouts, like, you're picking a permanent perk. Like, it is with you then forever. And, like, mm -hmm. that is a buff that you have from then on. And with this system, it's like having a loadout that you're swapping in and out, like, okay. based on situations. Right. So, like, if – so I have to think about – because this is – I'm playing Fallout, so I want to play it like Fallout 4, but it's not Fallout 4. And I need, I need to remember that. So, like, when mm -hmm. I go to the vendor, I need to make sure I equip that Caps perk card in, in lieu yeah, of I don't whatever wanna... other one I have. I don't um, want to do that. Like, that's... I don't care. Like, that's not worth my time. That's so tedious. Yeah. Well, uh, thankfully, it's super quick to do. Um, it's just, like, you have to be aware of it. You know yeah. what I mean? And you have to do um, that every single time. That's not fun. Yeah. But, like, I imagine, like, eventually, you know, like, you... All of your special stats are at 10 or whatever, and then you can have whatever you want equipped. Um, I imagine. Um but, like, in the early goings, you're kind of thinking, okay, what is best for my situation? What I'm about to go do, I equip those, and then I do that. And then if there's another situation that arises, okay, what's best for this scenario? And then swap them out again. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'm hoping that eventually you get to the point where there's less of that. Um, just because you have, by virtue of having more points to equip cards on for each special stat. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll... We'll see. It it desperately needs better, um, like a greater amount of uh, storage capacity for things. Yes, and um, just carry capacity in general, because stuff everything weighs now. Like even ammo weighs stuff. It weighs digits. I don't right. know if it's like pounds. I don't know how they quantify it, but and it's not much. But it just all adds up. Like stim packs still weigh you know amount a certain amount. It's just. 
So I have like 160 total carry weight, and I'm always, even when I get rid of everything I possibly can, except for what I need to go around, I'm at like 110. And so it's it, it's very, very annoying. Yeah, uh, and like, um, I mean, obviously that can be supplemented with like food, like uh, the ribeye steak or the grilled right. rad stack gives you an extra capacity. 20 for a limited yeah. time. Like you could take buff out. Um, you could drink a beer, um, pocketed armor, power armor, um, but eventually, I mean, that stuff only gets you so far. Right. Um, I but there are again, like they're kind of hi- they're hiding a lot of the stuff behind perk cards. Um, mm-hmm. and, like there are perk cards that make your guns way less or your armor. Way oh, less. I just I just equipped one w- uh, with the guns. Yeah. yeah. So like they're like they have stuff in there to supplement. It's like, um. The, the the problem with that is though that it's kind of happening randomly, right? Mm-hmm. Like where it, it's not a set progression because you have like a random set of perk cards you can pick from yep. when you level up. Um, so it's kind of happening randomly. So I I don't know I don't know completely how I feel about it yet, but I haven't spent that much time in the world as of yet. I will say every single person that I've met so far has been super helpful and like i've i've had zero bad interactions with people so far yeah all of mine have been like i haven't interacted with anybody there was one where i was in flat flatwoods flat something yeah that first town you go to and uh i came across these two dudes who i think were in a party together because they were both wearing the like fallout boy um uh uncle sam costumes oh <laughs> like they had the big top hat and the huge fallout boy head nice is it fallout boy obviously uh, that's the band but fallout boy pit boy or no pit boy uh, thank you uh no i don't remember vault vault, vault boy vault boy it's vault yes vault boy vault girl yes it was the vault big vault boy like uh mascot head and so they were both identically wearing those and so that like i you know i did some emotes at them and they did it back they followed me around for a little bit just for fun like kind of trolling me like doing the squat stand stuff we didn't do anything together but yeah i I haven't had anybody trying to ruin anything or shoot me or do anything like that so right and i I did hop on a server where there was a wanted player and it was interesting um as i was playing like there was the because it shows you on the map where they are and what their bounty is so how many caps you're gonna get for killing them um and it was funny because like i would check and then I would check again a couple minutes later, and, like, everybody else's dots were closing in on this person. <laughs> like, they all wanted to go kill him. That's funny. Um, so that was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I it, I am trying to think if I want to just turn off the PvP totally. I don't know how to do that, but I, I, I've read that you can. Just because, I, like, I'm not going to want to do that. So I would, right. but I'm kind of curious to see, like, what it looks like if somebody does try to attack me and then I can make that decision. But we'll see. This, I am at least, I'm looking forward to playing more Fallout 76 and getting a little farther in. I found this, like, really cool penitentiary that's, like, it looks like a castle. Oh. Um, but it was, like, totally overrun with super mutants. And I, like, hid and, like, I killed a couple of them. But I was like, if I go in here, they're going to destroy me. So I'm going to have to go back to that place. But there's there's plenty of cool stuff to discover. And I really like the Appalachian setting with all yeah. the hills and everything. Like, it, it's a good-looking game for what it is, obviously. But uh, just those little things, just tedious little things that, that are annoying me. Yeah. Did you – have you done any of the, like, first responder quest stuff? 
with the overseer. It's part of the overseer quest line. Um, yes, to be honest, I'm not really following a lot of the missions just because oh. things feel so randomized to me. I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling like following the thread of what I'm doing. I, I've read a lot of things about the first responders, but I also know that's kind of the core thing about the game. So yeah, so the overseer went to that one town um, where the the church. Um, so the overseer went there to assist with the first responders and kind of investigate. Um, and then when you're there, it has you like go through the first responders recruitment yes, um, I did process that. because then you're like authorized to access some certain information through the system yep. to figure out where else the overseer went, I believe yep. is the goal. Um, so I'm working my way through that stuff right now. Yeah. I, so I guess, yes, that that's what I'm doing as well. I've gone to two other towns where okay. it said, Hey, follow the overseer's journey or whatever to this place. But I think part of it was because I loaded into your world and like fast traveled to where you were, I was in a different area than when I was playing. So I started a different side quest and stuff. And so I just got lost a little bit in the story. Oh, okay. So I think, I think I'm getting back on track with that. I need to go. I probably need to go back to whatever I said. That first little town was with the church fall, fall something um, yeah. to catch up on that. But I don't know. Anything else on Fallout? Um, I don't think so. I just, like, I, I feel like there's always something to do. Like, there's always something happening, sure. like an event or a quest or people around you or a random traveling super mutant vendor that's selling rare stuff. Like, mm. there's, I've always had something going on, which okay. I appreciate. So. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been playing anything else? I need a I need a a bitch break before I talk about <laughs> Shadow of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna preface this one by saying that I have a problem, um, and I've been playing Animal Crossing New Leaf. So the wife started playing it again because okay. she was talking to one of our friends, and he has like a couple of. Did you know they made these? They're like Animal Crossing amiibo cards. So they're, yes. like, not amiibos, but they're cars, but they have the chip in them. And so, like, they're cards of different right. villagers. You can scan them in, and you can, like, have that villager move to your town. Um, or there are RV ones, um, and you can have their RV visit your campsite, and then you can, like, buy some of their stuff um, with, like, this other currency that you earn in the game. Um, so, like I said, I have a problem. Um, and I found out about these amiibo cards and i scoffed because my wife wanted to buy a couple of individual ones of her favorite villagers i scoffed and then mm -hmm. she bought like a pack because they have like they're like trading card packs where they come with mm -hmm. random stuff or whatever and she opened one of the packs in front of me and i <laughs> every pack has a holographic amiibo <laughs> card do you get something special with that one Compared um, to the regular? No, there are, like, those are, like, the core characters, like, Jack O'Lantern and, like, Sahara and, like, Tom Nook and his sons. Okay. Like, all the people that run shops or special event characters are the holographic ones, and there's one of those in every pack. Um, and then, like, all the other villagers. So there's six cards per pack. One of them is holographic, and it's one of, like, the core series characters that have to do with, like, events or running a shop or whatever. And those characters be. aren't already in the game? You have to get the card to get them in the game? No, some of them are. But, like, you can also so have some the of them, do? like, come visit or move into your town. Wait. But aren't they already in your town? Y yes and no. I don't understand. It's 
don't worry about it. So <laughs> the the important thing for this story is that there are random card packs and there's a holographic in each one and I have a problem. Mhm. And I uh, I bought a lot of them. I bought a lot of packs. There are four series of them. Each series mm-hmm. has 100 characters. Mm-hmm. So there's 400 cards mm-hmm. and 50 RV cards, which mm-hmm. we have not gotten yet. But um, it started out, I bought like f- seven card packs. Um, okay. And then I bought like five more card packs and I bought like another five, um, and then some guy on eBay was selling a giant box of eighteen packs um, for series two, three, and four. Um, so I bought those, and there are collectors. There are collectors binders, um, where each sleeve has a silhouette of the character you need behind it and they look really nice and they're like hard hard cover so they'll like really they'll protect your cards really well um what do you so i got all cards four afterwards? of those you don't do anything with the cards after you use them right they just sit there so why do you need a special card are you displaying your cards your amiibo cards they're in these folios now, and because they're random card packs, we have a bunch of duplicates. Of course you do. Um, See, that means you got to buy more. So my one, so my one friend who got us onto it, um, he we made him up a folio of all the dupes, so he he gets a lot of the duplicates. And then if we have any more duplicates, so if like three or more of each one, we um, we we are gonna sell them on eBay to make a little money back on them. Um, we Shay, we bought, we spent a lot of money. How much are card packs? Uh, it depends because they're not being released anymore. So mm-hmm. um, some of them, some people are selling them for more than others. But um, it's like, like seven fifty to eight dollars a pack. Um, but the guy on eBay was selling eighteen packs for a hundred dollars, so that made it a little bit cheaper. Um, Shay, we spent a lot of money on Amiibo cards. I don't, I don't know. I, what's, I what's pre- my responsibility here? I prefaced, I prefaced this with I have a problem, and yeah, that problem do, is man. that once there's something that can be collected, I must finish that collection. This isn't good. This is this is bad. It's my pop figures all over again, man. But at least some those of the cards like that we have toys. dupes of though go for like sixteen bucks each, and we have like four of them. I calculated it out, and if we if we sell every card, which we probably won't, after eBay and PayPal takes their cut, we'll make back like 170 bucks, and that's not counting all the dupes that we get from the Series 4 cards, because we haven't opened those yet. 
Uh, so you're like making money. You should keep buying no, cards because you're losing a lot of making money. money. <laughs> uh, but at the end of it, we're going to have all four series. And then when the new Switch version comes out, because they've confirmed um, that they'll be uh they will work with the switch animal crossing game that comes out we have yeah. our free choice of any of those villagers to move into our town or come visit or whatever so we'll be able to only do one of them well no like you can have 10 villagers in your town nine okay. villagers will move into your town over time and then a the 10th one you have to scan in and force them to move there um you have to you have to tom nook them into moving mm-hmm. um but so, like, I don't know how many villagers you'll be able to have in the Switch one, because who the fuck knows anything about that game, except for the people making it. But um, in the Animal Crossing New Leaf for 3DS, you can have ten villagers. Um, All right. And I want a town entirely of penguins. <laughs> the problem is, there's way more than ten penguins. Well. So I gotta pick the best ones. Do you already have ten penguin cards? Oh, yeah. There's one. That's good. There's one who's a fighter pilot. Okay. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> he is so cool. What's his name? Boomer. His name's right. Boomer. He's a fighter <laughs> pilot penguin. Money well spent. Yes. But all right, so here's the thing. Some people that spend money on going on dates with their wives. And like you can drop like a cool hundred bucks on a date with your wife, right? Sure. Easy. For us, this is something that we are doing together. And we're okay. spending time and getting excited opening packs together and filling this thing out, the two of us. So that that helps me feel a little better about it. That's fair. As long as you are playing enough of the game oh, and getting I'm, enough enjoyment out of it. Playing hours every day. Okay. That's still a lot of money. I know. To spend on cards for a game that is old. But also, here's my thing, is we have those, like, once we have those complete collections, like, a complete collection is worth a shitload of money. Yeah, but you're not buying the collection to sell it. You're using them. Right, but eventually, like, down the road, it'll be a collector's thing. And, like, no one's going to want to yeah, buy... Yeah, like Pokemon cards? No one's going to want to buy individual Amiibo card packs, like, 10 years from now. But, like, someone might be in the market for a complete collection 10 years from now. You know what I but mean? But you're going to spend, like, thousands of dollars trying to get a complete collection. And person's no, not going to spend $1,000 on it. Currently, we've spent, how, like, four yeah, to 500 and that's, Yes! How close are you to having a full collection? Um, we need 20 more Series 1 cards... And we need, like, 27 to 30 more Series 2 and 3. Probably have a similar number that we need for Series 4. Um, and so we just, we're just going to buy those individually. We're not going to buy any Which more is packs. more expensive than buying a pack, right? No. A, a lot of the cards are, like, 2 to $3. No, but I mean, like, you'll spend $8 on a pack of six cards or $2 per card, which is more expensive than you are getting in the card pack. That's my right, point. but at this point, we have so many of each series that we would just be getting more dupes than anything else. You know what I mean? Fine, but if you need 30 more cards in each thing, that's 120 more cards. If you're going to get each card for $2, that's $240 more. And that's the minimum. There's no way that those are all going to be that cheap. 
No, some of them are only like a dollar, but uh, some of them are more. <sighs> um, for Christmas, I would like some Amiibo no. card packs. No. <laughs> no. Help a brother out, Shay. No, dude. No. <laughs> Is there are there other things on your Christmas list? Yeah, I all right. Because I'll get you those other. Do you things. have a Christmas list? No, not right can we, now. Can we we're share it? No, we're not going to go through our Christmas list on a podcast. Why not? I don't have one. Because I don't have one. Well, I'm going to go through mine. I already have it up. I want right. the Giant Bomb New Era hoodie in extra large size because I'm a big is old that boy. With the, is that with the new logo? Yeah. I mm-hmm. want red Converse All-Stars, ser- okay. uh, size 9.5, a Steam are gift these card. Like, are these like bright red or are they more a maroon red? Bright red, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I want... <laughs> A Leon Kennedy bomber jacket um, on Amazon, size double XL, because I said it fits tight. Mm-hmm. Um, the book Skyward by Brandon Sanderson, hardcover. Okay. Um, Ohio Renfest season tickets for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, two terabyte external hard drive for my PS4. Okay. Black khaki pants. And... Ladyfinger popcorn from Yoder's, which is in Indiana. <laughs> right. That's my Christmas it's a good list. list. And then Amiibo cards. Amiibo cards. Shay, well, maybe help. someone else will get you Amiibo cards. The more the more Amiibo cards you get me, the less I have to get myself. But I don't want to feed that destructive but habit. But I'm getting it anyway, dude. Well, that and then that's on you. This is like <laughs> last year no, when you asked complicit for complicit with me. No, this be I am complicit. not No, I am not being an enabler of this. This is like last year when you asked for Star Wars Battlefront 2 for Christmas. And I was like, I'm not buying you that. I'm not buying that video game for you. I still if you want to buy it yourself, yeah, if you want to get it yourself, fine. That's your money that you can make that decision. I am not buying you this manipulative bad video game. <laughs> oh wait, no, I did get it. I bought it on um uh Origin on computer and I played only the campaign and then uninstalled right. it. That's right. Bingo. Cuz I got it on sale. No. Buy, no more amiibo. Buy me cards. Ami- amiibo cards? No. Hey, if you're listening, um, (laughs) set up an Amazon wish list. (laughs) I'll set up a GoFundMe to finish (laughs) my Amiibo card collection. I need to finish my Amiibo card collection so I can sell it and make money. Buy me Amiibo cards. You're investing in my future. Yeah. Hey, it really is. It really is. This could be your kid's future. Maybe this money goes to them from selling it. Pay, no. pay for college with this yes. Amiibo card collection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're selling this thing for like two hundred grand, I don't think it's going to pay for my kid's college. Who knows, man? Especially if I have more than one. Oh, oh, d- oh. that sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> Some people want kids, Kyle. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> it's gonna be cool man we're, we're pretty pumped about it stressed <laughs> I, scared glad. overwhelmed absolutely but also excited good you should be so how how is the actual playing of animal crossing new leaf oh it's great animal crossing just is fucking, fucking amazing. bringing bringing buying cards not even playing the game <laughs> no no animal crossing is fucking great dude this game is so good 
It's so good. Which is the best Animal Crossing? This one, the new leaf, new leaf. so far. Like, I mean, there's original will always have a special place in my heart, but there are so many quality of life things about the new mm-hmm. one. And the fact that you're the mayor, so you get to, like, add bridges and add all these, like, town features where okay. you want them, when you want them, um, is a is a really positive thing. And your house can get the biggest it's ever been able to get. It's just a bunch of quality of life stuff that makes it way better. Are you still in debt to Tom Nook even as the mayor? Yes, but, it, but it's like it, – it, I'm not in debt to him. It's like I'm – he has his own like house construction company, so I I contract the work to him, and so then I owe him money for that work that he does. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's not so like, like a debt. He's, he's not like the capitalist king of this town. That like sounds like he is. <laughs> he's got the mayor on the hook. <laughs> no, he's no, really no. running the show. No, no, I'm the one with the power, Shay. <laughs> You're a figurehead. <laughs> Tom Nook makes and breaks men like you every day. <laughs> I my town Mostly flag. Breaks them. My town flag is run GFB. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is pretty good. All right, let's move on. Because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We may have to cut news a little bit short. We're already an hour in, and I need to rant about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I finished that game yesterday. I was going to wait and finish it after we recorded this podcast so that I would talk about it next episode because I wanted to not talk about it on this episode. Because it's just not good, dude. Like, I know we've talked about, hey, it's a competent game. That's the best thing we can say. It's a competent game. I want to retract that and say (laughs) that it's a mediocre game. It is not competent. It is mediocre. It is a step below competent. The game works, but nothing about it is good. Like, the combat is not well done. The pacing is very poor. And the whole flashback sequence where you play as the little girl, Lara, guess what? That never comes back ever. So it's a completely ridiculous sequence. They never reference it again except, like, right at the end of the game in this, like, really cheesy way. They try to tie things together about how she's grown as a person, which she hasn't. She freaking hasn't. Right. I guess in that, like, latter third... There is a lot more combat because, like, once you get towards the end of the game, that's mostly what you're doing. But for most of the game, there's not very much combat, which is probably the best part of the game. There's there's certainly less combat than in either other Tomb Raider game. It's okay. a lot more exploration, um, and that stuff isn't done as well as it had been previously. So, like, some of the some of the challenge tombs are okay. Some of the crypt exploration is okay, but none of them are like awesome compared to some of the cool stuff that was in the first two games there's one sequence um later on because like we we've talked before like this game really doubles down on a lot of the stealth elements and in a lot of ways it does that are bad and here's an example of that there's a sequence where you're kind of dumped into this arena with the bow and arrow tribal enemies and there's a shit ton of stealth area around you, like bushes and the kind of wall, mud wall things and little hillocks that you can hide behind. But there, it there's an enemy that follows you around. Like, he doesn't know where you are, but he always follows you. And I thought it might have been a bug, and so I let him kill me and loaded back in, and it still did that. And there are, like, ten dudes. 
And that when once you're in actual combat with a bunch of guys, that's not very fun because they're shooting you from every angle. It's that when they hit you, it stuns you, and so it totally throws off your aim and everything like that. It's a chore to just do stand and gun guys. It's better when you're hidden. You can go in and out of stealth. You're hiding behind things, popping over that that sort of thing. And in this. Like, literally, an enemy will follow you from bush to bush. He doesn't discover you unless you do something stupid. But you can't stealth kill him because every guy can see him. And he, therefore, because you're so close to all these other enemies, he can see all the other guys. Which effectively makes stealth killing in this section impossible. So then why would you have a bunch of bushes and hillocks and walls to hide on if you can't hide in them? I don't understand. And then they also introduced new enemies, which I guess didn't end up being all that often, um, that are like Trinity guys with the guns. But they have like radar vision where they can see you even if you are hidden. So again, like what's the point of stealth if there are guys that can see me when I am in stealth? I don't get it. They double down on stealth. They make a lot of... There are a lot of missing elements in stealth, like being able to hide bodies. And then they make stealth ridiculously hard and sometimes literally impossible because of different enemy types. Like, pick a, pick a direction here, guys. Instead of doing a bunch of different things relatively poorly, maybe make it more stealth and make the stealth systems good and don't rely so much on that shitty close quarters panic shoot combat with these like really fast enemies that dodge as they run at you. It's quite frustrating. Maybe I won't try and finish that game. It's not like it, it isn't good. It just it 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 just isn't good, man. It it sucks because I really liked the first game. I liked the second one a little less, but I still enjoyed my time with it. And this like the entire thing was a chore. The story is ridiculous and does like you lose the thread of it so much because of that open world structure and there are like the side missions are two minutes long it's just it's not good and the final boss battle is dumb and easy and short and then the wrap-up is really corny and lame and like tries to make it this big character arc for Lara that it is that's not justified it's just not a good video game unfortunately. And I know they had mentioned, um, I think we talked about it last podcast that they're kind of putting Tomb Raider on ice after this game. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I know like one square Enix had ridiculous sales goals for this trilogy. And it like the first game sold like 14 million copies or something like a lot of copies. And they were like, yeah, it disappointed. And people are like, what? Like, that's a crazy amount. This game was a, like did great. And you're saying it's disappointing? So that, there was kind of like missed um, assumptions about the success of the game. But the quality has steadily declined. And especially this third game, which was not primarily developed by uh, Crystal Dynamics, which tells a lot. Like, that's one of the reasons maybe that this didn't turn out as good. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sad that we're not going to see another one. I guess I should say I'm sad that we're not going to see another one because I think there's potential there, but given how what the direction they've gone with these games, I'm I would not want to play another one, even if there was one. Right. So yeah, three video games that I'm struggling with. Maybe I need to start something else too, like because obviously I'll still play Red Dead, I'll still play Fallout, but maybe I need to like start Guacamelee or Spyro or like a feel good game. <laughs> 
so that yeah. I have something that is just unadulterated fun. Right. I do need to play Spyro. I'm so excited to play that. Oh. Yeah. I bet it's I, real good. I've heard. I mean, it it's gotten like good reviews and stuff. It seems like people are saying good things about it. So yeah, I certainly will play it. I just haven't been able to get to it yet. So what do you say we talk about some shows and movies and stuff? Because I I've watched a lot of things. Okay, um, I'll say real quick. So I'm still watching Aids into Shield. I'm actually two episodes from the end of season five. So I'm gonna wait. Next episode, I'll kind of give overall thoughts about that, um, just because we're so far into this podcast already. I don't want to take more time. But a uh, little side note, I saw that they um, renewed it for season seven, which should be pretty pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad the show's continuing to go. It's been a bumpy ride at times, but I have a great time with it. Uh, we watched a little bit more of Handmaid's Tale, which I'm, I'm, I'm cooling on in a big way. The first season, it was so slow but like that was intentional and was it was interesting enough in this second season it just kind of feels like they're spinning their wheels a lot so like they'll they'll ha- they'll progress in the story like some big thing will happen and then they'll like undo it and reset the status quo and that is kind of annoying cuz it feels like all that for nothing kind of thing um so that's been a bit tedious i'm getting a little bit bored we're about we're maybe halfway through the season. I think we watched like six or so episodes. What we're gonna finish it, but it's one of those where like I would rather watch a lot of other stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's it's a bummer because the acting is still really good. The characters are still interesting. It's an interesting world. They're just not really doing anything with it, which is not super well. It's disappointing, but because the first season was based on a book, they changed a lot of stuff. But it had that foundation, and now they've moved on from where the book ended, and it seems like they're kind of grasping at what to do. It seems Uh-oh. it's very much like Game of Thrones, where once they moved beyond the books, it became very clear that the people running the show maybe didn't have the right direction for the show. Uh, it feels fairly similar to that. Um, we finished the league, which is a very good show, but that last season becomes a little bit repetitious. They kind of bring back a lot of old jokes and old kind of bits, so it starts to show its age a little bit. <laughs> There's the, in the in the finale because it's very much like you know I've mentioned it's like Seinfeld where they're all bad people. They don't deserve to live happily ever after. And so there's kind of this ending thing with Andre, who's a character I brought up before. He's the um, dude with the gap tooth. He's kind of the sad sack character that everybody makes fun of. Yeah. He starts dating one of the other characters' ex-wife, and they break up. And then they end up getting back together because she comes in. She's pregnant. And like, oh, it's Andre's kid. So they get back together happily ever after, blah, blah, blah. But you find out that the kid isn't his. It's actually her ex-husband's, who's another main character, Pete, on the show. They like, <laughs> after after her and Andre broke up, he hooked up with her just like one final time, impregnated her. And so they come up with this whole thing. And the end of the show, the last sequence is in the future, it's Andre celebrating his quote-unquote son's 18th birthday. And he's like, oh, hey, you get to be in your own fantasy football league now. That's kind of the whole happy 18th birthday. And he plays a video from all of his other friends that they recorded on the kid's day of birth. And in that video, (laughs) they reveal that the kid is not actually Andre's. And so they do this whole song and reveal of, like, Pete in the background where he has a shirt that says World's Greatest Dad. He's like, hey, man, let's go get a beer sometime. And so after the video, the kid goes, wait, 
Pete's my real dad? Yes! Awesome! And he, like, leaves. And the ending shot is Andre just sitting there, like, looking so sad that he just found out that this kid he raised is not his son. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> so did good. Andre not know that he was in his son? No, he didn't know. He didn't know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh it's, uh, yeah. it's a very, very funny show. Um, And so... As to plan, once we finished the league, we started Scrubs. So we're like halfway through season one. I fucking love that show. That show is so good, man. The characters are so well written. And even the arcs in the first couple episodes, the the, the like changes and the little dynamics of the characters are so well done. I love Scrubs so much. And like that show hits me hard, man. Emotionally, it gets to me. Even I've seen it a million times and it still gets to me. But my wife, so she, like, you know, when she gets home, she's obviously now six months pregnant, close to. And so she just wants to, like, relax when she gets off work. So she'll be on Instagram or she, you know, she does some calligraphy, so she'll practice that. Or she does a lot where um, she's researching baby stuff and we're planning on renting a house in February. So she's doing research on that and that's just kind of how she does. But when she does those things, she wants to have a show on in the background. So she had been rewatching all through The Office. So I would occasionally like walk by and sit and watch a little bit with her. But she finished that. So now she's doing Parks and Rec, which I also love that show to death. So I'm finding myself like I'll be on my way to do something. Like she'll be in the bedroom or in the office and I walk by on my way to, you know, get something for dinner or start a game or watch my own show. And I'll like stop and watch an episode of Parks and Rec with her. And so it's just yet another thing that's stopping me from quote-unquote accomplishing the things that i'm trying to get done but i can't not watch it dude it's so good <laughs> it's so good um what about you what are you what have you been watching i got some more stuff but i'll take um, a break yes yeah, so the only thing i've been watching is i've been making my way through the last season of supernatural so i started the final season like a while ago and then okay. i just stopped watching it for a little bit and i picked it back up again um i think i only have like one or two episodes left <clears throat> so just making my way through that it continues to hit me in the feels. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I bet you're going to get that depression thing, like, when it's over. That yeah, maybe, me. like, finishing it right after I also finish a show is not the best idea. <laughs> but right. we'll see. If I'm not on next episode's podcast, then you all know I finished Supernatural. <laughs> right you're just crying in your room yeah in the fetal position crying into your amiibo cards great <laughs> <laughs> like i'll just buy 10 more packs it'll make me feel better yeah um so we also oh because I, I i forgot to mention at the top so last episode we we had recorded early because kelly and i were going to blue ridge and so kind of what we did we just you know we went downtown and went to the cute little shops and did all the things that we normally do but in the cabin we just kind of like relaxed watched some stuff so we finished dark tourist that i had brought up a couple episodes ago right. about the kind of that try it's a travel show about like the weird dark kind of things um still slightly annoyed by the the host and kind of his sarcastic bias that he has against some of the things like he's not really he's not always going with an open mind which is kind of annoying but it's still super fascinating to see all like and hear about all these dark weird things that i didn't know about or that i had heard about and to see like what kind of culture has built around it uh which has been really cool 
And I don't know if I if I mentioned this um, last time we talked about it, but it has one of the coolest opening credits in a show that I've seen in a really long time. If if you haven't checked it out, you should go watch. It's just like really gives you a vibe for the show, and it has this really cool soundtrack to it. Really, really okay. good opening credits. Um, we also have been watching. We watched an episode of Top Chef Masters. So we love Top Chef competition cooking show. Excuse me, but Top Chef Masters is they take really well known, successful chefs and they pit them against one another. And it's not like a whole season long thing because these are all very successful men and women who don't have time to commit to this. But it's basically like four chefs. They do that quick fire challenge, which is that early on challenge. They get points based upon that. And then they do the big cooking challenge, which is worth more points. And then whoever gets the most points wins, goes to the championship round. That's just kind of the structure that way. Not everybody's committing to doing like a full year of cooking shows. So this, it's interesting because since it's all really well-known, amazing chefs, they don't want to have other chefs be the judges because that's kind of like judging your peers versus it being really well-known chefs as the judges for up-and-coming chefs. That makes more sense. So instead, it's all like food critics. And so their perspective on the food is very different than a chef's would be. So that's kind of cool to hear the way they criticize is very different than the way an actual chef criticizes food. So that's been fun. Um, It's not – because it isn't like a full arc where like you're – you pick a favorite and you want them to win the whole – like towards the end – I'm finding myself a little less invested, but just as like a, hey, it was a quick hour to watch an episode. That was still nice. I'm not sure how much, like, I don't know if we'll watch the whole thing um, just because we don't get super invested in the competition side of it. But the reason we started this show is because we had finished all of Top Chef. So we thought they added a new season, like right when we got back, which was perfect timing, (laughs) obviously, because we had just finished what we thought was the final season. So we watched that whole one (laughs) in the past two weeks to watch that whole season. So we finished it last night, um, which was really fun. Uh, I I get a lot of enjoyment out of like picking people in those first couple episodes that like you think will make it to the end and looking back and seeing if you were right or wrong. And we were very wrong on one of the, one of the people. That's for sure. We did not think that, she was going to make it far and she almost won the thing. So, um, yeah, that's been fun. And then finally, last night, we started a new Netflix documentary called Netflix's Dogs. So it's D-O-G. Doc- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's about dogs, obviously. And it's not just like about dogs. It's about specific dogs and specific circumstances. Okay. So the first one was about service dogs. Uh, with little kids with disabilities. and Why would you do that to yourself? Yep. As a person who loves dogs so much, and especially my dog who got me through a really, like, the most depressed I've ever been is when we got Beamer, and he really helped me get out of that. And as someone who is going to have a child in three months, this show, it, it, hit, me, it hit me hard, dude. Like, we were watching it, and... Almost the entire 52 minutes of the episode, I was barely hanging on from uncontrollable <laughs> sobbing. That is not an exaggeration. I lost it a couple times, like little, little, I let out little bits of it, but we're hoping that there's some joy <laughs> in the next several episodes of this. Cause I think each episode's like a different thing, a different do- type of dog thing. Um, but that first one, there's positivity to it. But it's a it's a downer. 
Like, I mean, it's about kids with disabilities. Right. And like, kind of like their life and how... It's not even so, as much about the dog as it is, you know, the little kids that they focus on. And it was... It's rough, dude. It's fucking rough. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix's dogs. It's fucking it's rough. rough. <laughs> Bazinga. Yeah, yikes. Um, so, yeah, so that's everything I've been watching. Uh, anything else from you? I... So... And of what I can only describe as um, the best use of my time, I watched okay. Blade 1 and Blade 2 um, <laughs> on Netflix. Right. I had never seen them before, and I like I hear them referenced all the time. Um, boy, howdy. Those movies, they are something else. It's just... <laughs> they... Man. It... Mm. Mm. I I think I like them. Okay. They like, they are I mean, so in, very in, bad. But I think I they have like a great spirit behind them. Sure. Well, they like don't a take lot themselves too seriously. Right. Yeah. Like a Jason X, if you will. <laughs> yeah, they weren't <laughs> that bad. Right. Uh not many things are that bad. But, um, yeah, Blade 1 and 2. I, I I think I enjoyed them in a similar way to how I enjoyed all of the Resident Evil movies. Because, like, they're not horrendously bad. And, like, they clearly put some money into them. But, like, it's just campy. But they have a lot of spirit. And they're having fun. They're having fun with it. Um, So I did enjoy that. And, uh... Yeah. Just like the main guy, that he doesn't act, he doesn't do anything. He's just <laughs> black guy with a sword that kills right. vamps, and it's kind of great. Bro. Yeah. I kind of really like that. <laughs> I kind of want there to be a Blade video game. So now you got to watch the third one. There's a with third Ryan one? Reynolds. Yeah, Blade Three, or I think it's called Blade Trinity. Maybe is it? Is it? The, is the black guy still the main character? Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see here. I'm looking at Wesley Snipes because it's not like he's been in a bunch of stuff. So I'm oh, sure you're right. Show. Blade Trinity. Yep, Blade Trinity. Oh, 2000. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds is in that. Because he wasn't in the other ones, was he? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Wow. And um, Jessica Biel <laughs> is in that. The chick from. That whatever show that you right. watch, the murder show. Oh man, I gotta watch this. Look at Ryan. That well, yeah, facial it's hair. Movie. It's an old movie. Woo. <laughs> Those move. Mm. Those movies. They are a okay. Some one of the uh, first modern comic book movies. Like when they were doing all when that started picking up steam with Batman stuff. I didn't even know Blade Spider-Man. was a comic book. Yep. Is it Marvel, a good comic book? No. Okay. I won't bother then. <laughs> Maybe they should reboot it. Oh no. What okay. What they should do is it should be a blade black dynamite crossover where black dynamite just like punches the heads off of vampires. Alright. I would read and or watch that. 
sounds like the kind of dumb you can get behind. <laughs> right. Um, Fiendish Nosferatu. <laughs> you done fucked up this time. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. He's good. Yeah, I do like I mean, Wesley he's bad. Snipes. Who is the good. guy who played Black Dynamite? He's a football player, right? No. Uh, he has three names. I don't remember now. Uh, Jal- something, something Jaleel White. Because he is playing Spawn in the new Spawn movie. Oh. Um. Ba, ba, ba. Oh, Michael IMDb, J. White. Michael J. White. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Because I thought IMDb, he was a football like, player. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. There's some. There's some black actor who's a football player. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, uh, martial artist. Okay. Yeah, I don't see anything about him being a football player. Huh. I wonder who oh, I'm I thought he was. Then. I thought I he was. He, oh, he played the original Spawn, not the oh. new. Oh. Oh, okay. Because uh, uh, I think Jamie Foxx is playing the new one. But yeah, he played the original ah. Spawn. Okay. That was a bad movie. But anyways, um, hey, Blade 1 and 2 and Black Dynamite, you should watch them. Black Dynamite is very good. Yes. Blade 1 and 2. Like, if you want to watch a stupid action movie, fine. Yeah. I don't know that I would like, call it. know what good. you're getting into. Absolutely. Um, so finally, before we dive into news an hour and a half in, I wanted to read a bunch of Star Wars comics. I didn't, but I read trade five of the regular Star Wars. And this arc was like Yoda on this planet where he felt like a disturbance in the force. And it's like a bunch I of like, kids. I really liked that. It was cool. It was a lot of philos- philosophizing by yeah, Yoda about and that like, I the force and like the, yeah. it's kind of like like on the the hero's journey almost as told by right. Jedi, right? I, I really so that, like that 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 was very cool. I, I enjoyed that story. Um, and so next is the Screaming Citadel arc, which was a crossover arc. So I'm curious to see what that looks like. I think it's about they're trying to rescue three PO or something, or I don't remember. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Cool. Um, I finished Star Wars Most Wanted. Which is that kind of prequel to the Solo movie. Um, right. You hadn't started that last time we... Correct. Had you? Okay, so you read the whole book in the last two weeks. Yeah, well, it's not a big nice. book. Oh, okay, sure. I, I, I was read, trying to give I you props. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when I start reading, I, I, I read. Um, I I liked it uh, because like where Solo starts, he and uh, Kira already have kind of that repertoire and relationship or sorry repertoire rapport and relationship with each other um and this explains how that came to be um and it's kind of it's a story about them but it's also a story about like you learn a little bit more about um kind of like the underground gang that they roll with at the beginning of the movie okay um (coughs) excuse you sorry and um it just kind of gives you like greater perspective into both of their characters, um, and I I like it because it makes me feel a little better, and I'm sure this was intentional. It makes me feel a little better about um that portrayal of Han, um, and I and I, I okay, so it's it's 
how to explain it. So, because there's Han Solo from the classic trilogy, and then there's the Han Solo from the Solo movie, and a lot of people thought that the two were wildly different, <clears throat> um, and in kind of a negative way. And I actually, I saw it as kind of like, um, like I, I saw the parallels, and I saw how like based upon the events of the movie and you know other events in his life how he could become you know the scoundrel that we know and love um because right. he certainly was not in the solo movie he wasn't there right. yet but there were like elements of it you know uh, and then this is like it, it gives a lot more of like his internal dialogue and so mm-hmm. and a lot of his internal dialogue and like the way he processes and thinks about information and like the decisions that he makes feel a lot more like your classic scoundrel Han Solo. Sure. Um, so it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like this weird... It bridges the gap it, yes. a little bit between Solo and Episode Four. Yeah, but yeah. the the weird thing is that it takes place before Solo. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, in terms of his characterization, this feels a little more in line with, like, our classic Han Solo scoundrel as opposed to what was in Solo. Um, it, it feels like... Like you said, it feels like it's bridging the gap between them, but it takes place before them, which is strange. But isn't Lando in it? In Most Wanted? No. Yeah. Oh, I might be thinking of a different book. There might be a different Han Solo book that Lando is in. I think there's a Han Solo book, like, of the movie. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But there might be... Because the one I'm thinking of, Lando's on the cover. Oh. Because Chewie isn't Um, isn't in this either, right? Correct. There is another Wookiee in it, but not Chewie. Um, let me let me look on my shelf. You do research. I'll look on my shelf super fast. Yeah. Oh, it's no. I found it. I found it. Kyle, I found it. It's scoundrels. Oh, he can't. Damn it, he can't hear me. But it's scoundrels. So he's gonna come back here and say, "Oh, it's scoundrels" by Timothy Zahn, which is the one I'm I was thinking of because this it takes place, I believe, before Episode Four, um, but after Solo, obviously. So I don't. I had not even heard of Most Wanted. Okay, I'm looking online right now, and it was. Um, it has Aaron Allenreich or whatever his name is on the cover of Most Wanted. So what, what is it, Kyle? I just told Last all the listeners. Shot. Nope, that's not the one I was thinking of either. Oh, but it's it's Scoundrels. Oh, Star Wars okay. Scoundrels. Which so is, the one the one I read is Last Shot, and it has um, a silhouette of the new Han Solo on it but on the back of the book it talks about like han han and lando like do this thing together like that's the story is kind of them okay together yeah i I didn't realize i didn't realize the most wanted one was uh, like it had the new actor on the cover of the book i didn't realize that yeah and this one does too last shot does okay neato so what's that scoundrels yeah, it's just called Star Wars Scoundrel. Is that Scoundrels. a young adult novel? Because I skipped all the young adult ones. I don't believe so. I I only remember we. I mean, because we sold it when it came out at when I was working at Barnes and Noble. So it's like 2014, maybe 2013 book. Um, so this was uh, well before the movie. <clears throat> but it was part of the new canon. Oh, uh, this says it was written by Zahn. Yeah, Timothy Zahn. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so I do not have. Out. Oh, it's Legends. Oh, so it's fuck. old canon. Yeah, damn it, it sucks. All right, whatever. So, so I was right. 
the new canon one with Han and Lando is Last Shot. Whatever you say. I'm right. <laughs> I have or, books. Let's move into news. Sure. So we got a lot we got a lot of news. So kind of the biggest story came out a couple days ago. Sony put out an announcement that they are not attending 2019 E3 at all. So this isn't even they're not having a press conference at the show. Like they're not going to have a show floor. They're not doing their own separate thing like Microsoft has done the last couple of years. They're not going to be there at all, so they say, which is pretty nuts. I'm a very sad boy. Yeah. So like it's obviously the general reaction to this was twofold. First, which I agree with, is that E3 is starting to lose its impact which is absolutely true. It's becoming a little bit less relevant as companies do start doing their own thing. Like we have all these Nintendo Directs. Obviously, there isn't a PSX this year, but there has been in the past. Like Sony's done their own thing. Microsoft has moved away from the show. EA has moved away from the show for their press conferences. So EA, E3 is starting to lose its kind of centralized video game week thing. So that all makes sense. It's a bummer because it is fun having that week devoted to video games where yeah. you know you you take a day off work to stay home and watch the press conferences like that I will miss when and if that fully goes away. But the second part is like Sony's fucked. They don't have any games to show, they're getting arrogant, and that like may be true, but it's a lot of assumptions and like rumor mongering that we don't know. Like we have no idea the true reasoning behind this. We know they're not doing a PSX cuz they don't have anything new to show. Uh Phil Layden or whatever his name is. It's not Phil because that's Phil Spencer. But um, Sean. Sean Layden, who's the head of PlayStation, he came out and said that. We're not having a PSX because we don't have anything new to show from the big deep dives we took in E3. So it's very possible that they're just focused on PlayStation 5 if they still are planning on launching that maybe in 2020. Maybe they they aren't planning on releasing any huge releases in 2019 other than what they've already shown. That would certainly be a shame, but it's possible. My point is that we don't know. We have no idea. They may announce in a couple of weeks that they're having their own big event in July. Right. Like how or, or doing a stuff. stream like Nintendo does every yeah. year. Yeah. So it's it there's I a hope lot of they do something, man. It's I mean, it's fanboyism. It it boils down to. And not even just people that are pro Microsoft and therefore anti Sony, but it's just people that like whoever is on top, you want them to fail. It's like whatever company is currently winning is the company that everybody hates. And it just feels arbitrary and lame. It happened last generation with Microsoft. It's happened with Nintendo in the past. Happened with PlayStation back in the PS2 days. It's stupid. I I hate that mentality of one versus the other versus everybody, you know, rising tide lift all boats sort of mentality, which is the way we should be looking at it. Competition is good. It's good for the consumers. It makes them work harder, try harder, make better products, and drive costs down. So, I don't know. It's... We'll we'll see what happens once we have more definitive information. But regardless, it is definitely a bummer that at least at this point we don't think we're gonna get anything from Sony this year. That's that sucks because I like video games. So <laughs> yes, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Microsoft obviously was very quickly to cash in from a marketing perspective and immediately made a Facebook or Twitter tweet whatever saying like, "Hey, we'll, we're really excited to see all you guys at E3." But you know very thinly veiled jab at Sony backing out but right um which to be fair the whole used game fiasco from several E3s ago before the Xbox was announced so and then Sony's like 
retort video of this is Here's how, how you, you share, share games yeah. on PS4, <laughs> and the dude just hands in the game. Oh, okay, thanks. <gasps> Which like, companies do that be, all the time? Yes. No, I'm not. I'm not lambasting Microsoft for doing that because Sony would have done the same thing if the situation was was reversed. Right. It's more that video that Sony made about the sharing games was clever. This was just like it, it wasn't funny or clever or anything. It was just sure. very clearly saying, "Ha ha, Sony, we're going to be there." Right. Uh, as part of the press release, it's worth mentioning there's a quote saying that they will continue to look for inventive opportunities to engage with the community, which that's pretty broad marketing terminology, yeah. but at least shows that like they're not saying we're not going to do anything ever. They're obviously going to try to find a new way to get at their consumers, so at least there's that silver lining. On the Microsoft side, there's a report out, which is you know obviously still a rumor at this point, but that Microsoft is looking at releasing a digital only console in 2019. So this would be this it would have no disk drive, and therefore all games would be downloaded digitally. The rumor is that it could be as low as $200, um, which is a you know really cheap price point for people. It 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 is very different from but similar to the um, hard driveless like rent an Xbox 360 thing that they did where right. it's clearly like they're trying to get at a lower cost market. Um, I guess Microsoft, the Xbox has had a lot of system problems lately with like downloaded games, not being able to be accessed when like the service is down. I just, I read something online about that. Right. Obviously I don't own one, so I haven't experienced it, but that seems like that could be a problem. If you're going to only <laughs> let people download games digitally and then they can't access those games right. when the service is down. That seems like a bad user experience. Um, but part of this rumor is that they will have a disc to, to digital program where you can trade in your discs for a digital download code from participating retailers. So that's pretty cool. It's not like you're going to have to rebuy your, your disc games. Interesting. Not sure if it'd be a one-to-one or if you'd get a percentage or like an right. upcharge where you'd have to do it. But still, you know, if this is true, it's an interesting move towards that all digital future that they were trying to push back when they announced the Xbox at one X. Yeah. I don't like that future. Yeah. I agree with you. I like having the option. Um, But for people that, you know, it's a low, lower cost thing. They play fewer games. So it won't matter as much. It makes sense to me why why they would do this. As long as they don't take it away for this. I mean, for someone to say like they can get an Xbox for $200. That is a super easy entry price. Right. Like when you when your phone when if you if you can pay eight hundred dollars for a fucking phone, you can pay two hundred dollars for an Xbox. Like that's yeah. an easy in. And if you look at the 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 Game Pass stuff, like that seems like a um, um, really good marriage. Where right. if you don't because like, you're not buying those games on disc anyway, and you're just kind of paying that sixty bucks a month or whatever it is for access right. to that library. Like I could see myself doing that if I was going to buy an Xbox, I would want to buy an Xbox One X just because I would want the you know best version of it. But Theoretically, I could see myself buying a two hundred dollar, you know, download only Xbox, and then just only getting Game Pass because I could play all the big Xbox games on Game Pass anyway. It makes it interesting though with the backwards compatibility stuff because I feel like that that is with disc, isn't it? Like you need the um, Xbox. They're also, I think they're disc. also available to purchase on the store. To purchase, yes, but if I own the game on three hundred and sixty on disc, oh, I see. What I would you're not be able to do it this way. I don't know. Well, I mean. Yeah, it, if and when they fully reveal this, I'm sure that will be a talking point. But that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. 
we're already almost in December, and so the Game oh. Award nominees have come out. I know, man. It's fucking crazy. I have too many games to play before I can do my own game of the year. But um, we won't go through all the nominees here. That's too many things to talk about. But for Game of the Year, the nominees are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. The one that jumps out to me here is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because I feel like the response to that game was kind of mixed. Like, all yeah. these other games, it seems like everybody fucking loved. But AC Odyssey seemed to be, like, even the people that liked it still had significant criticisms for it. So that it's just an interesting one to see make that final game of the year list. Um, for my money, I would say it's really down between God of War and Red Dead, just given how people talk about these games. Right. Seem to be the, the two think, real candidates. Yeah, I think Celeste is just a shoe in for hey indie games that people really like but it totally win. totally and celeste is really really good it'll probably make my top 10 it's really good but um not playing at quite the same level as some of the others in my personal opinion right there are also a lot of awards focused on esports there's like esports team esports game esports event esports coach so they're really like leaning into that and boy howdy could i care less right um so yeah I'm but I mean, like those are the kinds of people sections. who are also going to care about the game awards. 100%. So it makes sense that they want to cater to that crowd. Like I honestly don't give a shit about game of the year anything anymore. I just it's so it's entirely subjective and it's so stupid. And like I just like playing games. I think it. I don't. I don't, is, I don't like to. There there can be um, constructive things to come out of those conversations, um, but. It just it doesn't usually come down to that. You know what I mean? It's not usually constructive. Um, well, I, I think that depends on who you're engaging with. I certainly think there's a lot of negativity around opinions, obviously, on the internet. And people can get in fights of, like, I think this is my game of the year. Therefore, your opinion doesn't matter because I hated that game. Like, that kind of mentality is ridiculous. Yeah. But I think it can be, at least for me personally, can be fun to talk to other people about kind of game of the year stuff. And for me, I love ranking them and coming up with the justifications and thinking about that. That's just something I like. Right. But it sounds like you will not take me up on my offer of putting together a guest post on Shea Hates Everything about your top 10 games of 2018, then. <laughs> Even if they aren't ranked. We can talk about it later. Um, I, yeah, I I could. I would like if, to... If it's just a post and I don't yep. have to, like, argue with someone about it... Oh, 100%. <laughs> then maybe you I don't will. Ha- <laughs> you don't have to argue with anyone if you choose not to. <laughs> But if you don't defend your opinion, it's easier for somebody to write it off. And I Correct. think that that's fair. Obviously, we'll want to talk about that kind of stuff on the podcast. We don't need to do like a here's my top 10 if you don't want to. But we're certainly going to talk about our favorite games like we did last year. Right. Yeah. And it'll be easier for you because you've played more games. And I still have a lot of games I need to catch up on. I would anticipate my game of the year being posted in April like I did last year. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. A uh, couple quick hitters here. Bethesda came out and laid out some of the future plans in a broad sense for Fallout 76. So there's a patch going live on November 19th, which is probably around the time folks are listening to this. Uh, But that's more tech-focused. So it's supposed to improve the performance and stability, some bugs, uh, quick quick fixes for some quests breaking, that sort of thing. Uh, And they're also working on a future patch to increase the size of your stash, which will be very good. 
Um, they didn't give any specifics, but they mentioned kind of that long-term content plan as, you know, they want to have new vaults opening, which to me seems interesting because that could yeah. potentially increase or um, bring some human NPCs into the world. Right. Would be really interested to see how that might work. Yeah, uh, and like, it makes me it cool. makes me wonder if this is a response to people's criticisms or if this was part of be. the idea of the roadmap all along. Was, I guess and like, like kind of hold that back, you know what I mean? Yes, that that's possible that they always planned on it, but you have to imagine that some of this, if not most of it, is geared based upon reaction. Yeah, and that certainly has been one of the major criticisms about this. The 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 concept of the whole game was that there's you know no NPCs to interact with. Right. Um, there's also obviously stuff like adding new stuff for your camps, um, new multiplayer features, which they didn't go into specificity on. But obviously they're they're working on content. Um, they didn't mention any paid DLC for this yet, so right. hopefully the assumption is that most, if not all, of this will be free because yeah. it is a games as a service thing. But yeah, they, we'll they have see that, how that the whole uh, you know cosmetic system and their own currency and all that kind of stuff. Right. So do, right. I, I assume the price, if any, of future content is going to have to do with you know how well all that stuff performs. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'll be I'll be curious like the larger content. I'll be curious what kind of stuff they, what kind of plans they have. Yeah, they I'm excited about like the there. stability and game performance fixes and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, the the whole the the combat not feeling that great is because it gets chuggy a lot of time, uh, yes. a lot of the time, and so the, getting rid of that will make playing it that much more enjoyable. Um, yes, because like right now you and I are not in danger of running out of content. Um, with right. that game. <laughs> so I know there are some people who probably are already crazy people. Um, yeah, but. Um, I- I watched the video of the first nuke. Yeah, and they they did it on, like, the hardest site that you can do it on and all those scorched beasts and all that. Oh, man. That stuff's fucking nuts. How are you already level, like, 74? Well, it carried over from the beta, so they also had all that beta time to play. If they played a lot. Yep, that's true. That's true. Um, Two DLC announcements. So the second DLC for Spider-Man called Turf War comes out on the 20th. It is focused around Hammerhead as the villain, and because the, the kind of the way that they planned this is, oh, I don't remember the name of the whole arc, but it's a three kind of episode DLC plan. So they had the first one with Black Cat, this one with Hammerhead, and then the third one uh, where they're also they have three more new armor sets. So there's the Iron Spider, which is the Iron Man focused one, MKI suit, which is this like cool black sort of metallic ninja suit and then spider clan which is that anim it's from the manga but it looks like the one that was in the vanilla game where it's kind of like hand drawn kind of okay. look so it's pretty cool looking but uh i still need to play that first dlc with um black cat so i need to dive in maybe i'll do that this week that'll be my like have Palette fun cleanser. with the game <laughs> yeah exactly um and then on the other side of the spectrum shadow of the tomb raider is getting a DLC. Well, has a DLC. It's out now called The Forge. So it has a brand new location, which seems like it's like fairly large to explore uh, with a new story that you can actually play co-op. And the second player character is Abby, who's that like tattooed chick that Jonah is kind of hitting on from early on in the game. So she's the second player character. Um, It's got a new challenge tomb, new weapon outfits, that sort of stuff. Uh, if someone liked Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I could see why you would want to play this. I have no interest, which should be pretty obvious at this point. Um, What's the so here's, price on that? 
I don't know. That's a good um, question. There is a see. season pass. I don't oh, know what okay. other content they promised, but I know there is a season pass for this. Um, so this is kind of a, an interesting one here. So Activision recently had an earnings call where they talked about Destiny 2 and kind of how it hadn't hit financial expectations, including DLC, which the game sold well at launch, but people just bounced off really hard. And because they kind of rethought how the microtransactions worked and made them a little less um, necessary, because it's all just customizability sort of things, they made less money on the microtransactions, obviously. But there's that argument of, hey, if we put them back in where it feels necessary to buy them to get guns and that sort of thing, that people will be turned off and stop playing the game. And I also know that based on Forsaken, the sales were decent for that, but people bounced off really hard on Forsaken, like you and I did. Um, So there's a secondary piece of this where some of the high-ups at Bungie came out and said, in sort of veiled terms, that moving forward they're going to be really focused on their core player base. So Destiny 2, when it launched, was very casual-friendly, trying to get the broadest possible audience, which turned off a lot of the hardcore people. Forsaken felt like an overcorrection, where it was really focused on people that were going to spend a shit ton of time with the game and was a turnoff for the more casual players, like you and I, which is one of the reasons we bounced off. So now they're kind of saying, hey, they're doubling down on that core fan base of the game, which I think could be healthy. I think my time with Destiny is done, which is very disappointing because that world and that game has a ton of promise, but I've been burned far too many times by them at this point, and I'm just not interested. I am glad for those hardcore players because it seems like they have loved Forsaken. Yeah. The response to Forsaken has been very positive from that hardcore fan base. So if they continue along that path, I think that it could put Destiny 2 and further Destiny games and DLC in a really good position with those players. They won't make as much money that way. So right. it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting kind of admission of... Not failure necessarily, but like they didn't nail it from Activision and Bungie both. And hopefully this, hopefully Activision doesn't come in and go against that hardcore focus in an effort to make as much money as possible. Because, you know, as part of it, they said that they're trying to figure out additional monetization options, how they can bring DLC content into market faster. And those types of things seem to go maybe against that more hardcore friendly design perspective that, Bungie seems to have. So hopefully Bungie and Activision don't continue to butt heads on that. Right. Okay. Um, We talked in the past about Niantic, the Pokemon Go developers, working on a Harry Potter mobile game. It's called Harry Potter Wizards Unite. And it is going to be some kind of AR game. No, like, hard details, but they're aiming for a 2019 release. Kind of the pitch, there's a little, you know, Twitter video that you can watch. But the kind of the pitch is that as a player, you join the Statute of Secrecy Task Force, who is tasked with taming magical disorders using spells. That's kind of really all we know about it at this point. I think the fact that it is from the Pokemon Go folks and it is Harry Potter there's probably a good chance that this will be a big launch. Like, a lot of people will be interested. Yeah. Given that it was Niantic and based on Pokemon Go AR stuff, 
I can probably say I won't be interested. <laughs> Me neither. Also, like so. this coming at the heels of that video of that like leaked footage of that like third person action RPG Harry Potter game. Yeah, I'm like yeah. fuck this. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Which, but, but, like, this will appeal to the wide range of Harry Potter fans who mm-hmm. like aren't into gaming or mm-hmm. are like into more mobile style games. But like for me, who I not what you're looking for. No, I. <sighs> I want more details about that game. <laughs> right. Well, that it's real, really. That's what I want. I yeah. want confirmation that it's actually happening. And it's not just some beta or alpha that got canned. Um, how about take, take these next couple for me? Yeah, sure. So I need to drink some water. Um, on Netflix, they had a they released um, seasons one and two of a Castlevania animated show. It's very well received by the community. I have not watched it because I'm not a big Castlevania fan, but I have mm-hmm. a couple friends who are, and they really, really liked it. Um, and I think it's already been renewed for season three. Oh, okay, awesome. I think. Um, well, good for them. Um, so the um same is it the same creator or the same pro- oh, okay same producer? Um, yep is going to be creating a Devil May Cry uh, show on Netflix. Um, it was rumored... People were rumored... They were speculating it was going to be Zelda. Um, yeah, there, there was stuff flying around that, like, they had recently licensed the rights to Legend of Zelda, and so that's what they thought this show would be. Right. So, um, there, uh, a fair a fair few people who were a bit disappointed by this because they really wanted a new... Excuse me, princess. Show <laughs> right. Um, I, there's got to be a meme already, but I there should be a good one of Dante doing. Excuse, excuse me. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, the the good news is, um, my two friends who really like the Castlevania show also really like Devil May Cry. Well, so, there you go. Uh, they will be they will be very happy about this. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I assume that those fan bases have a lot of cross-pollination, so I assume most right. of the people who enjoy the Castlevania show will also be excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I would it's kind of similar in tone as well. I mean, Devil mm-hmm. May Cry certainly over time has gotten more ridiculous, um, but there are definitely more you know tonally dark uh, than like a Zelda game. So it makes sense yeah. that a producer who works on a project like that would work on one like this. It's almost kind of like a modern Castlevania in a lot of ways, like yeah. set in modern times or future sort of thing. Right. Um, and then, oh, man. All right. So they released the Detective Pikachu trailer. They sure did. Um, where I can only describe them as Cthulian Night Terrors um, <laughs> in place of Pokemon. Uh, they are <laughs> so it's a live action movie with CG Pokemon. The Pokemon are extremely realistic. Like yes. Pikachu is like furry yes. and like fully animated. Like the mouths and the eyes, it's all they're all moving realistically. It's a real horror weird show, especially dude. Like the little sequence with Mister Mime in it. That's it's, horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <sighs> But it looks like they, if if Pokemon existed, it kind of looks like that. Like if they were real things, it, it it looks like that. Yeah, but who wanted to know that? <laughs> None of us wanted to know that. We've been avoiding me. that for like twenty years. 
I think it was. I think it's an, a Deviant Art page of this guy who got super famous for doing realistic Pokemon drawings. Yeah, and they're terrifying. And those are yes, those were terrifying, but they were also really, really freaking cool. So this seems like a bit. They're they're more cutesy than those were because those were straight up. They looked like Monster Hunter monsters, right? Um, so this is a little more cutesy than that, a lot more cutesy than that. But there's like a little shot, a quick shot of Jigglypuff holding the microphone. She's yeah. got like a little Elvis curl in, in the front. So there's still certainly a lot of cuteness to it, but yeah, it looks weird. Yeah. The movie itself, like the trailer, seems a little like corny and dumb. Yeah. But it's the kind of dumb that I can get behind. Yeah. (laughs) It's the kind of dumb you need in a Pokemon movie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm... I'm pretty looking forward to this. Yeah. When they first announced it, I was like, why? Why are you making this? And now I'm like, okay, yeah, I will go see this. So it comes out uh, in May of 2019. Um, So maybe this will be like the first movie we can go see after we have our daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Actually, Kelly probably wouldn't care. Maybe I'll just go by myself. That'll that'll be my day off. Yeah, don't give your daughter nightmares about realistic-looking Pokemon. (laughs) Well, I'm not bringing my two-month-old daughter to a movie. I'm not an asshole. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it <laughs> makes me remember. So, all right. There's a meme, which is like, because there are a lot of memes that are like stills that are like cut frames from like porn where like they don't show any of the bad bits, but you right. can tell it's obviously from porn. And right. there's this one where there's this chick playing video games and she's like smiling and having a great time. And then her friend is like half in from off screen and she's like she's being fucked like (laughs) but she's like being held up in the air in this crazy position and like her feet are by her head and she's like screaming and like (laughs) (laughs) obviously having a good time but her friend is like oblivious to the fact and she's just playing video games and having fun and so like there's all this like stuff about Mr. Mime in the fiction, how like in the original animated show, Ash comes home and Mr. Mime is like living with his mom and right. all this shit. And it's really weird. Yeah. So there's this shit about like Mr. Mime like targets single moms and helps <laughs> them raise their children. This is on the Wikipedia page. Someone added it on there. And so there's that meme and, <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's um and like the dude who's holding the girl in the air in that picture you can like see like one of his legs and like a couple of his hands and so Mm -hmm. it has like he's tagged as mr mime the chick being done is tagged as ash's mom and then there's like ash just trying to go on a journey or something like as the girl playing the video games like totally oblivious to the fact (laughs) that mr mime is fucking his mom that's pretty good (laughs) i love that meme so much (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Whew. Fun That's times. Good and and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I am like really after watching this trailer, I'm really excited to see all the other Pokemon that will be in the movie. Just like what yeah. the designs look like. I'm really excited to see those. Ugh, I don't know if I'm excited or afraid. But Um Alright. So finally uh, we got some information on a new live-action Star Wars series. So we already know that they're making The Mandalorian. They put out a production still of that. They also announced that Pedro Pascal, who played the Red Viper in Game of Thrones, and he's also on Narcos. He's awesome. He's playing the lead role of the, in The Mandalorian. And um, K- 
Kara Gugino, I think is how you say her name, who is a, she's like a female wrestler, or UFC fighter or something. She was, she's, she's not an actor, but maybe she'll just be a badass. She's in it as well. But they came out and announced a new show. So this one will be a spy thriller starring Cassian Andor, who is the main dude from Rogue One. Obviously, it will be a prequel to Rogue One. You would assume. Yeah. Because he dies at the end. But uh, it's supposed to go into production next year. It's going to be part of this Disney Plus kind of Netflix streaming service. They didn't go into like details of what the overarching story is or what other characters. But yeah, like I said, it'll be a, a kind of a spy show sort of thing. I don't know, dude. I, I was really disappointed in that movie. And one of the biggest reasons I was disappointed is because I thought that that character had no personality. So Correct. now him having his own show, I'm not sure how excited I am for that. Um, but so more did Star he play Wars that content. character in Rogue One? Yes. Okay, so it's the same actor? Same actor, yep. Okay. Eh. So, not, sh- yeah, no, I'm not, like, pumped about it, but more Star Wars isn't really a bad thing at this point. Like, I'll check out a Star Wars show. Obviously, I want it to be good, but uh, at least they're continuing to make more things. I'm certainly more excited about The Mandalorian, though. That show sounds and looks awesome. Yeah, it sounds really good. All right, so no hate of the week. I thought this morning of like, oh, what's hate of the week? And I couldn't come up with anything, and I didn't want to like manufacture a rant. So maybe just the quick thing is not liking video games. That's my hate of the week. I don't like not liking video games. Um, We did get an email. We actually got it uh, shortly after we recorded last podcast. So apologies to um, superfan Aaron. Thank you for writing in. So Aaron's email says, a little late, but congratulations to Shane Kelly on the pregnancy and to Kyle and Kara on their marriage. Thank Thank you, you. We are nearing Black Friday and Christmas, which means a lot of sales. Are there any games or movies you are specifically hoping to pick up on sale over the holidays? I'm hoping to pick up Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I would probably say maybe you could skip Shadow of the Tomb Raider (laughs) unless you really want to play it. Uh, I hope you guys are finally over your colds. We are not really. I mean, it's just freaking congestion from it being shitty outside. Have a great weekend. And don't forget to leave cream pies in Andre's man cave, which is a reference to the league that I greatly enjoyed. (laughs) Um, So the Black Friday question, are there any things that like you're trying to like pick up for Black Friday sales or anything like that? Um, So I've seen there are a lot of like really decent PSVR bundles. Right. Um, for like 200 bucks, you can get PSVR and like a couple games. Yeah. Um, so I'm f- thinking about that. I don't know how much use I would get out of it, though, is the thing. Right. Um, I, may- I mainly Oculus. just want like another hard drive for my PS4. Okay. Like, I just, you might be I, able to get that. Yeah. Or like Cyber Cyber Monday, maybe on Amazon right. or something. I, I put it on my Christmas list, but I might just mm-hmm. like, if there's like a really good deal online, I might just go ahead and get one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like in terms of actual games, I, I feel like I've picked up everything I intended to play. That's kind of what it's been like for me this year as well. Like if there was a game I knew I wanted to play, I just bought it. My only stuff are like games that I would like to get, but like I'm not prioritizing. So there's a bunch of Switch games. So like the Bayonetta one and two remaster, the Captain Toad oh, Treasure yeah. Tracker port. I guess if the Dark, D- if Dark Souls on Freeze. Switch goes right. on sale, maybe I would pick that up. Although so really I heard that the sound quality in that is really bad for some reason. I have decided that I'm going to go ahead and get 
Pokemon Let's Go. I'm not like I'm thrilled about it, today. but I've heard decent things even from hardcore Pokemon fans, and I'll be curious to hear what you say about it. So, if that was on sale, I doubt it will be, but if that was on sale, that would encourage me to buy that. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, everything else is really just like Switch ports that I haven't picked up, um, or like games where I'm on the fence about it. Uh, where if I could get it for super cheap, I'd go ahead and pick it up. Like um, I don't know where I have my list here, so. Um, Oh, like the Mario and Rabbids DLC. Oh, yeah. Hitman 2, which just came out. Um, yeah. Just like that kind of... Far Cry 5. Like things that I wouldn't otherwise get. If I could get it super cheap, I might pick it up. But nothing that I'm like trying to go out and find, really. I've never been a big Black Friday person. I guess a couple of years ago, I did... Like I bought like four or five games. I got like the Skyrim HD, Battlefield 1, Titanfall 2... I got all those. I guess that was like two years ago. Okay. I got all those on Black Friday, but I, I don't typically buy into that because if there's stuff, if there's something I want, I just buy it when it comes out. Right. I'm trying to think of like just technology wise. If there's anything, I mean, if there's like right. a really good deal on like an iPad, I would like an iPad for DMing my campaign because I have that Chromebook okay. that I bought for like twenty five dollars from the school, but mm-hmm. it sucks. It doesn't run anything. Um, it's very slow. So it might be nice to have an iPad that I could pull up all my stuff on or just like a tablet in general. The technology stuff, I could probably, I could use like a new keyboard for my PC because we just, we still have the one that we got when we got it and it just sucks. I would, I'd like a, like a nice keyboard, that kind of stuff. Like nothing that I'm looking to buy, but that if I could find a good deal on something, I might pick up. Right. I mean, I love my desk chair, but I mean, I really should get a different desk chair because this one sits so low. It's bad for my shoulders to be at my desk. (laughs) Right. Um, so I sh- maybe if there's like a gaming chair, like a PC gaming chair that goes on sale, maybe I would consider buying something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Um, uh, I don't know. Like maybe instead of getting a hard drive for the PS4, I upgrade to a Pro. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, there might be some deals there. Because I have a 4K I TV. Right. There, there is a. It's for the slim, but there's that like Spider-Man bundle that's currently on sale. Right. Yeah, but I don't care but, about yeah. Spider-Man. Sure. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of pro deal. Yeah, it would have to be. It would have to be a pro for me to yeah. right. consider it. It would have to be a pretty good deal. Um. Yeah, I just I feel like I have everything. I should probably like go through a list of games that came out this year and like yeah. see if I missed anything. That's what I have. I, I have my, my list of stuff that like I'm on the fence about or that I know I want to play. And obviously I would prioritize the no, I want to play stuff, but yeah, yeah it, it would be more of an impulse thing. Like nothing that I'm going into it, planning on getting, but if I see a good deal, I might pick some stuff up. Right. I, I'm sure like, like a good USB 3.0 bus or hub would be nice to have. Okay. Um, yeah. Just some like little tech stuff like that. Right. Right. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Aaron, for the email. Yeah, but If anyone else wants to write an email, you can send it to info at com, or you can send a message to me on Twitter at Shea underscore Castle or on our Facebook page slash Shea Hates Everything. Uh, you can send a message there and we will be sure to answer questions or read your comments. Um, I guess to close things out, we'll end with something we don't hate. So I'll say that I don't hate... Hey, no, wait, wait. It should be something that we're thankful for. 
because this is the Thanksgiving sure. week episode. Good. Fine. Yes. I am thankful that for the first time, I felt my daughter kick in my wife's womb a couple days ago. And it was nuts, dude. Like, hearing her heartbeat, seeing her on the ultrasound for the first time, and now seeing her, you know, we had our 20-week appointment, which is the halfway appointment, where she legit looks like a human being. All of that was, like, really cool. But feeling her kick or punch or whatever she's doing in there is pretty nuts. There's a human being inside of my wife right now. It's nuts. I I feel like it would make me afraid it it was going to, like, pop out like a chest (laughs) burster. I mean, it won't, though. (laughs) It could. No, it won't. She still only weighs a pound. That is one of the most crazy things. So, like, she grows super, she or he, depending on what you're having, grows super fast, like right in the beginning. You're having all these brain cells. So, right now, she has the most brain cells that she will ever have. Because as you, you know, age, your brain cells just deplete until you die. So she has the most brain cells she will ever have. She grew from like the size of a pea to now she's like the length of a banana-ish. They said more like a a grapefruit size, if that puts into context. And she weighs a pound. So we're a little over halfway there, and she only weighs a pound. So that means, you know, you and I were both over nine pounds, I believe. So she's got a lot of growing still to do in the next three months. The human body, man. It's pretty cool. It's also and a horror scary. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll say that I'm thankful for having a whole week off of work. Yeah, bro. Yes! I'm so excited. I I need it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been working my ass off. I worked a seven... So the reason I'm sick, I think, is because I worked a 70-hour week trying to get the set done. Mm-hmm. Um... I think I got sick because of it, but I'm, yeah, I need, oh, I need it. <laughs> I definitely need it. Yeah. Um, all right. So that'll do it for this episode, everybody. Oh, I Thank forgot. You. I was supposed to talk about Obra Din on this episode. Oh, okay. Um, my buddy and I did play a little bit more of it and I feel like we're getting pretty far but he's actually going to come over today and i think we're going to play some more of it so i will make a note to for sure talk about it next episode cool uh okay so thanks everybody for listening um and kyle thanks for joining me as always and if you want to see more content like this visit shayhateseverything.com a website this podcast is based on we'll see you guys in the next one peace out